This is a STEAM Channel program on UCTV. Go full STEAM ahead at uctv.tv slash STEAM, where science, technology, engineering, arts, and math converge. Hi, everyone. Dr. Stephen Mercer here, and it's great to be back with you to share some information and thoughts and recommendations about college admission, especially during these challenging times when uh, so many things have been turned upside down and are changing. Uh, this time I want to talk to high school juniors. So last time I spoke directly to high school seniors and tried to give you some good recommendations and some ideas of what's going on in the world's college admission. But I know that traditionally high school juniors right now where we are on the calendar, this is the time when your college application process should be ramping up in a really big way. And because of the canceled tests, canceled college visits, uh, stay-at-home orders, different schools, uh, with your high schools being remote, if they are, there's just a lot of upheaval. So I want to spend some time today talking to you, high school juniors. But before I get into real specifics, let me talk about some big picture things that are really important to understand about college admission and how some of these things are changing and some are not. And I think that's really the key here. So the big picture things I want to share with you is one of the foundation principles, the spirits, the, uh, the, the, the ideas that college admission offices always, even in regular times, abide by is the idea that if there's uh, something happening in a student's life or at a school or at a community that they think is going to negatively impact a college application, that if it's out of your control, if it's out of the student's control, then the college doesn't hold that against you. That colleges and universities in the United States have a pretty understanding approach to circumstances, your, your, the context of your school, your state, your family, your, your life circumstances. So one of the simple ways that that comes across is, uh, for example, if you go to a high school that doesn't offer a lot of honors courses or uh, traditionally, a lot of times students are looking at advanced placement, AP classes. And let's say your high school just doesn't offer that many for whatever reason. And you're worried that another applicant from a school down the street or in another part of the world, they might have, you know, double the number of AP classes that you can take and that they might be a more favorable applicant. And in the eyes of a college admission office, that's just not true because you don't control how many AP classes you take. So there's a lot of things out of everyone's control right now. And I want to assure high school juniors that with all of these changes going on and with all of these canceled tests and uh, school being held remotely, if you're in an area that has a stay-at-home order, these are things that you don't control. And ultimately, the colleges are not going to hold you accountable or, or kind of punish you or think any less of your application because of that. So that's the first big picture idea that I want to share with you. Here's the second one. In the United States, college admission offices are mostly based on a holistic model of decision making. And I want to really focus on that word holistic. That's a really purposeful word. And you will, it's not just my word. You hear colleges and universities across the United States use that term to describe how they make admission decisions. Now, it's not how all universities and colleges make their admission decisions. There are some that make their admission decisions based on an index, and that's primarily your grades and often test scores such as the SAT or ACT. 
And that's it. It's just objective information that they use in, to calculate in some way. It's not just a straightforward way often. And that's how admission decisions are made at schools that use an index. But the majority of universities in the United States use what's called a holistic model. And that means they look at grades and test scores. They look at uh, how many honors courses you've taken. And they also look at letters of recommendation or essays or your extracurricular activities or other circumstances that might have shaped your high school career. So that's really important, especially now because tests are being canceled and classes look different. So be assured that always most universities are looking at a collection of things and not just simply at tests and grades. But the third big picture is related to that. And I, I want to be really clear that word holistic, which implies we look at a whole number of things, does not suggest that they look at a whole number of things equally. Now, some this differs university by university and the, 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 the ratio to which how they weight grades, test scores, letters of recommendation, your essay, your um, your extracurriculars, your, your all of your other factors, your subjective factors, those ratios vary college by college. But almost always, what are called the objective measures, and those are the things that can be calculated. There's no interpretation about your grades. There's no interpretation on a test score. And usually there's no interpretation involved around rigor, right? If you took three honors courses or two AP classes or international baccalaureate or some other rigorous courses, those are quantifiable. Those objective measures always come first. The subjective measures, like your letters of recommendation from a counselor or teacher, what you say in your essay, the quality of your extracurriculars, those always come second. Now, again, they differ. this differs university by university, but while I want to assure you that there's a holistic model in place for college admission in the United States, I don't want to suggest that it's just you're free and clear. It doesn't matter if you take your tests. It doesn't matter how well you do in school because they'll just think you're a really wonderful person because of the amazing volunteer hours that you did or this great letter of recommendation that you just know you're going to get from a teacher or a counselor or someone outside of school. All of it's important, but grades, test scores, and rigor are most important. That's not going to change, even though it's going to look different in your application. Those things will never change. Now, why did I tell you all this big picture stuff, right? So what? How does this matter with what is going on in college admission and the pandemic? And why, does, why should you know this now? So let's talk about a few of those ways. One of those is the overwhelming impact of the canceled SAT and ACT dates which has created a wave of colleges and universities across the United States going test optional. Now, test optional means that an applicant is not required to submit an SAT or ACT. They can choose to do so, or they can choose to forego this. And before this pandemic, there's a growing movement. In fact, recently in the last year or two, that movement has been increasing a lot. There have been a lot of universities, different sizes, different states, different types of universities, big, small, liberal arts, research, etc., public-private, that have chosen to go test optional. But now the accelerator is on that process. And every day now, multiple universities are coming out and saying, 
Next year, at minimum, for the junior class, we are going to be test optional. Because it's out of students' control, whether they can take the tests or not, or take them in the same way that they were planning on it. And that's been really intri intriguing. And to a lot of students I talk to, they're, they're pretty happy about that. But you have to be really careful about something. Whether you choose right now to say, I'm going to take advantage of that. The colleges that I have been thinking about applying to just all announced that they're all test optional. So I'm just going to stop taking the tests altogether. Uh, now, one thing we are seeing, and this is developing right now, is while the tests were canceled for the spring for the juniors, tests are still scheduled for the fall. So when juniors, when you're in your senior year, there are test dates now scheduled for that time. And test dates are being added during that time as well to make up for the canceled dates for the juniors during the spring. So the availability of tests has not been taken away altogether. Now we'll see what happens. Again, there's a lot of unknown. We'll see if the tests can be administered. There may be some kind of different way of administering them. It could be online or take home. We'll have to see. But assuming that you will be able to, colleges will probably not change their test optional policies if they're announcing now that they are test optional. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't flip-flop like that because I think that that would be unfair and they're aware of that. So it's reasonable for a high school junior right now to be thinking, maybe I should stop studying Maybe I should not take the SAT or ACT and take that off my plate, focus on school, focus on life, etc. That is a decision that needs to be thought about very carefully. And it's an individual decision. And what I mean, what I mean by this is, if you are a student that has already begun studying for an SAT or ACT, if you've spent time and energy, sometimes students are actually spending money on a course or a tutor or some kind of online option or purchasing self-study books and using those books, if you've already started to invest in test prep, my recommendation is that you think of yourself like an, a marathon runner, an athlete. And right now what that means is, is you don't want to stop your training, but you don't want to train too much or you're going to burn out. So what you need to do is you need to pace yourself. I'd say keep your muscles, if you think of the athletic analogy, keep your muscles limber, okay? Don't go cold, keep the strength that you've built and keep a nice, slow, steady focus on your test prep. Not endless, not don't put the accelerator on because you're gonna burn out, just like a, an athlete might fatigue their muscles and then not be ready for the day when they have to perform to the best of their ability. As August of next year rolls around and those test dates start to come in, you'll be in a good position to see how you do on those tests. If for whatever reason, either because testing is hard and your scores don't come out to where you want them to be, or because of sincerely this upheaval in schooling and life and circumstances has really gotten in the way of you to focus, the good news is a lot of colleges are test optional and you've got the option of not sending those scores. If you are a student that has not started the process, and if you're particularly nervous, shy, stressed out, really nervous, you don't think of yourself as a good test taker, it may be a good idea to just pause and wait and see what happens in the fall. Wait to see which colleges you are actually going to apply to because by then your list should be tightened up and you should have a good idea of where you're going to apply to. 
And then you can make a decision about whether you want to take advantage of one of the SAT or ACT test dates in the fall. And if you're still feeling anxiety, if you're still feeling like your test score is not going to be a particularly strong part of your application, then it might be a good idea for you to just forego taking the SATs at all and taking advantage of the test optional policies of a lot of these colleges. So the overall recommendation is, is if you're going to test well, it's going to help. If you're nervous, pause and wait and see. Okay. Now, as I had mentioned last time, High school seniors are thinking a lot about finishing up the school year in classes at school right now that look really different than they did just last semester. And juniors, you're in the same boat. But if you are at a school that's going through a process where they're grading differently, where they've given you the option of having pass-fail in your in your classes instead of letter grades, or if they're not giving you that option, if your school is doing pass-fail in lieu of grading you in the traditional way, how is that going to impact what you send off to colleges, right? Because remember what I said, it's holistic admission, but grades, test scores, rigor, that always comes first, always. So how is that going to change your admission decision? Well, I mentioned to you that colleges aren't going to hold that against you. Multiple universities across the United States have come out and said in writing on their websites and other ways, we are perfectly comfortable with every applicant who applies submitting their grades as pass-fail, we will accept that. So if you needed to earn credit for a certain English class or math class or foreign language or whatever it is, and you've completed that course this semester with a pass, that universities are, are, are announcing, not across the board, but many are telling students clearly now, we will accept that to give you credit for that class. Now here's the rub. If you have a choice about whether you take pass-fail, my recommendation is that you choose to take grades. Because if you have pass-fail, while that might count towards credit satisfying admission requirements, that's going to put even more weight on the grades that you had earned previous. And the more academic information, the more good academic information you can give an admission office, the better. Now, hopefully you're going to do well in your classes. I'm assuming that. And that may be a wrong assumption because right now things are challenging and it's difficult to focus and uh, students are getting used to online learning. Teachers are getting used to online learning in many places. Not, this isn't, you know, this isn't business as usual. So if you're getting traditional letter grades, they might be lower. I would encourage you to do your best and try to keep your grades strong. I know that sounds pretty easy for me to say, but I'm not just saying that um, just randomly, I'm saying because that's how college admissions, admission offices are going to review applications. And if you don't have letter grades, if that's not a choice, let's say, then realize that the grades you had received last semester, the year before, and going to the beginning of high school, beginning with grade nine, are going to have even more weight in your application. Now, some of you might be thinking, great, I did really well. I'm very happy about that and I'm gonna just submit my pass-fail grades this time around. And some of you might be worried. Some of you might be thinking, I was hitting my stride now, I'm doing better now, and all of a sudden, these grades, if you're getting pass-fail, you're telling me they don't count. Well, let's be patient, let's see what happens in the fall, because that's your last chance. Senior year, 
first semester or your first part of the year if you're on a trimester, hopefully we'll be back to grading in a different way with letter grades. We'll see. It depends on your school or your district or where you live. Um, but that's another opportunity. And in this case, probably the last opportunity to show colleges exactly, objectively, what kind of student you are. And again, we're in different times. So while I'm trying to emphasize this, I'll go back to one of the big picture things I mentioned. There's going to be a lot of flexibility and a lot of understanding in how colleges look at your application. What I'm recommending is you do your best now. And if you're given the option, assuming that you're doing okay, of taking regular grades as opposed to pass-fail, my recommendation is generally you take the option to take those grades and not take the pass-fail right now. Okay, finally, how is this going to impact extracurricular activities? I'm really divided on this, to be honest with you. On one hand, there seems to be in recent times amongst a lot of students and around them, a lot of selective universities, this feeling, especially around high school juniors that I talk with, this feeling that there's an arms race around getting into, quote, better colleges, more selective. And this arms race is uh, influencing getting better scores, earning more grades, staying up later to do more homework, and forcing students to do more and more in their extracurricular profile, adding another achievement, another club, another award, more hours doing volunteer work or more time on the field. And this arms race to a lot of people like me, counselors that have been doing this a long time, it just doesn't feel right. And so there's a part of me and others have shared this thought with me as well. I've heard from other counselors. I've heard from an admission officer at a highly selective university that this pause in life as normal, extracurricular pursuits as normal, might be a welcome pause to try to recalibrate and take the edge off of this arms race to try to always do more. But there's another side to this, and that is colleges still need to see what you do with your extracurriculars. And that's not going to go away. They're still going to weigh your extracurricular profile in their applications. Now, how do they do that? Well, here's the basics. First comes grades and test scores and rigor. And then once you've met your obligations to being a student, because for all intents and purposes, for most high school students, that's your first responsibility, right? School, family, friends, right? Those are probably your, 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 your top priorities. And in the eyes of most colleges, the top priority is school, now, I'm probably tied with your obligations to being a, a good member of your family, right? Once you've met your obligation to school, homework is done for the day or for the week, colleges then just ask the question, what do you do with your time? They don't have any expectation what you should be doing. They just want to know what do you choose to do? So if you say to a college under normal circumstances, well, I like to watch TV, that might be an honest answer, but that's not really a particularly impressive use of free time, right? If you happen to say, I play an instrument, or I like to volunteer my time, or I'm involved in clubs, or I like to play sports, or I like to do a whole number of other things, those are all great choices. Once you establish what you're doing with your time after your obligation to school, then it's a matter of, well, how good are you at it? Do you show growth? Do you stick with it over time? Do you challenge yourself? 
And what is that challenge like? Are you really good at something that's just particularly easy? Or do you choose to do something that's hard and over time you get better and better at it? These are all the subjective parts of the evaluation of your application. Here's the challenge in this time during the coronavirus, when most students have stay-at-home orders, when it's hard to be a part of a club, team practices have stopped altogether for most part, uh, any place you might be doing an internship or um, things you might be involved with at school, like a newspaper or being something involved in a lab or kind of competitions that you're involved with of all various sorts are all canceled or all on hold. And how, what do you do to show colleges what you've got and that you're a, a, a great contributor to uh, your interests and your passion and your community? How do you do that? I don't really know the exact answer, but here's what I do know. And I'm going to borrow a term from psychology. Uh, and this term, sometimes people hear it and um, kind of cringe because it sounds like a little bit of a cliche. But I think it's really apropos here. And that is colleges expect students at any time, whether it's non-pandemic time or now, in their extracurriculars to demonstrate what's called a growth mindset, right? A growth mindset is different than what's called a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is you do what you're told to do. You don't go above and beyond. You just do what's expected and that's it. And that's perfectly okay in a lot of parts of life, right? You just wanna get them done, right? I do that every day. When I do the dishes, I just wanna do the dishes. I don't wanna go beyond and do more dishes. I'm not gonna ask to do more dishes. I just wanna take care of it, put it to bed, get on with the next things I want, I want to do. That may be normal, but in your extracurriculars, what makes you really shine is when you take the opposite approach you explore and take steps towards not just what you have to do, but what you can do, what's possible. And after you've done that, you go to the next level. So if you're an athlete, you try to do really, really well on your team. And once you've done that, you go into the regional level. And then once you do that, you go on to perhaps a state level, etc. And you could apply that same model to any extracurricular pursuit, whether you're an artist or a scientist or a journalist, or you love to compete in debate or whatever it might be. It also applies to working, right? And whether that's working outside of the house with a job or working at home and taking care of family and family responsibilities, if you have siblings or other family responsibilities, that same mindset applies there as well. Here's what I do know. While I know extracurriculars are gonna look different right now, and it might stay that way for a while if stay home orders don't change, or if they look a little bit different, if social distancing rules are still being encouraged, you know, where being in clubs or being in competitions and being in teams still is gonna look really different for a while, let's say. Here's what I do know. Colleges won't stop appreciating students who demonstrate a growth mindset in their extracurricular pursuits even now. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is you wanna think about what is possible right? Some students I know are already kind of taking advantage of creating a website with all of these wonderful free website builders and getting some information out on something they like or organizing things that they like or providing tutoring or of assistance to someone. Uh, I spoke with a student the other day who said, I want to be able to learn and read and communicate in Italian. I don't know any Italian right now. I've never studied it ever before. I've just decided that's a goal I'd like to have. And I can do that now that I'm at home with all of this additional free time 
And I've signed up for a free online Italian language learning class. And it's challenging and I'm doing it and it's gonna take a long time. That is a growth mindset. That is a student who understands they can't get together with their friends or teachers or community right now. And they've just decided to take that on. I'm not saying you should do that. What I'm saying is I want you to think about what you could you do now? What is possible? And for those of you that are thinking about applying to the most selective universities in the United States, and I don't usually try to focus on this too much, right? I usually try to tell students, please don't worry about that too much. Worry about finding great colleges for you. And don't worry about whether it's very selective. But I want to talk about this very briefly. For those of you that are thinking about this, and you're thinking, I'd like to try to apply to a very selective university, and I want, my, I want to take advantage of my time now to make my application count. I want to feel like I did my best towards that goal. I want, to, I want to reiterate what I've just been saying, that those selective universities, while they're going to be understanding, while there's going to be flexibility, please understand that that's what makes them so selective. They are still going to have many applicants. They're going to have, not many, I'm sorry, more applicants that are highly qualified for the number of spots that they have. And what they are still going to be looking at in their extracurricular profile for those applicants are those students who didn't essentially make an excuse. Students who didn't say, there was a coronavirus, I'm at home, I couldn't, I couldn't do my extracurriculars, so I stopped. That's not the response that those colleges are asking for. And what I would say in this case, a lot of times taking the lead for how you choose to conduct yourself during high school based on what highly selective universities do is not usually a really good thing that I recommend to do, right? I don't say take your lead, don't chase college admission. But there's some wisdom, I think, to that advice that I think carries over to all of us right now, especially during these times when stay-at-home orders are in place, we're working at home, and things are different. I think everybody, hopefully, myself included, should take on a growth mindset and think about what is possible. And that might try, there might be some trial, trial and error. There might be some stop, stops and starts. But I think you'll figure it out. We've got months and weeks to do that. So I encourage you to have fun with that and figure that out. All right, it's a lot of information that I've shared with you. Uh, thank you for listening and stay tuned for next time. We're gonna have even more information about college admission. Bye now.